Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today, unfortunately, we are talking about the 2009 remake of Children of the Corn. The next town is Gatlin. I'm joined by our Children of the Corn correspondent, Derek Kubitschek. Derek, how are you doing? I'm not doing well, Ryan. No. Not great. <laughs> not, not great, Ryan. You warned me that this movie was bad. I did. And, and I feel like I've done this a lot lately, but I'm filing this movie again in the category of not glad I watched it, will never watch it again. It's better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, fuck you. And it's better than Leprechaun 4, but this movie is still bad. It's so boring. And there's a sequence at the end in corn that's, I'm pretty sure, not hyperbole, half an hour long. Almost, yeah, I'd say it's definitely like 20, 25 minutes. And sure. nothing happens. I mean, very little very happens. Very little happens. Honestly, folks, I think that with me as a guest, you're in for the shortest podcast episode ever. Yeah. Half this movie is literally the original Turn of the Corn. The other half is very different, but terrible. Yeah, and, and you were kind of letting me know. We were talking about it. I kept asking, is this close to the source material? Is this close to the short story, the actual short story, where Bert and Vicky are basically insufferable morons and all of this other stuff and, and, and the ending and everything like that? Like that's And you said, yeah. Very. I read the plot summary for the short story, and it's like 95% accurate. I like how you spark noted the short story, Ryan. Yeah. Like, it's a short story. You could have just read it. I mean, I'm sure I'll read it one day. I'm, I'm working my way through all of Stephen King's stuff, but I just haven't gotten it shown in the corner yet. I'm not really in a rush to get to that one. Yeah, well, for some reason, there's, what, 10 movies? Yep. With an 11th on the way? Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah, this movie fucking sucks. It's awful. The only redeeming quality is a couple of kids get killed in hilarious manner, and that's it. And I know that you are a staunch supporter of on-screen deaths of children because a lot of movies are scared to go there. This movie is not scared to go there. No, they do it many times. Yep, and a couple of them are pretty funny. (laughs) Now, don't let us fool you into thinking that that is some kind of redeeming quality of this movie. It's The payoffs are not worth the price to entry. Those kills prevent this movie from being a 0 out of 10 and just get it to a 1 out of 10. <laughs> I, I will say I would agree with like the hurricane out of 1, but yep. it, it, oh, it's bad. Yeah. Don't watch a, a it. A 0 has to have exactly no redeeming qualities in any way, shape, or form. And those kills, there's like three of them, are very funny. Yeah. That gets you a one. (laughs) There's one. Yeah, everybody gets one. But the point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, including remakes. And we currently have a list of 52 rules. You can check that out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how, the number two horror, to see the current list of rules. And we're going to go through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision. Uh, A little bit less than normal because this is a remake. But we're going to see if we need to add any new rules to our list. Derek, anything else before we get started? No, let's just go. All right, let's get into the plot of the Children of the Corn remake. So just off the bat, because this is a remake, and the first half of this movie is is the same as the original, go back, listen to the original Children of the Corn podcast we did, um, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about the first half of the movie. There's very few changes. 
So we're going to kind of yada yada through the first half of this movie, just reminding you of the basic plot points and any changes. Highlighting some differences. Highlighting some differences. Lord knows that uh, he who walks by in the rose knows that they emphasized the changes enough. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes they didn't shut up about it. Most of the time. The, the, the opening sequence is the first big change of the movie. In the original movie, we see a bunch of adults getting killed. Uh, here we just see the the cult meeting that happens right beforehand where uh, a child preacher's like, hey, adults are sinners. We need to kill them all. Let's do it. And then cut to 12 years later. I wanted to see all the adults die, man. And I didn't mind not seeing it. It's a remake. It's kind of like the Spider-Man reboot. You don't need to see him get bit by the spider. I understand that. Uh, and so that was fine. But I do feel like they cut all the good parts out of this movie and just left in the bad stuff. That's fair. Uh, right off the bat, rule number 36, cults are bad. Cults are bad. We don't need to rehash that rule. Yes, that we got that rule from the original Shaun of the Corn. Yes. So we meet our main characters, Bert and Vicky, just like in the original movie. The, the big difference here is Bert and Vicky suck. Yes. In the original movie, Bert was awesome. Vicky was kind of forgettable. This time around, they are just the worst. Yeah, and there are almost zero redeeming qualities. I mean, they're in a toxic relationship. Vicky is useless and annoying, and Bert is thick-headed and dim-witted. Yeah. I, 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 there's nothing good about it. They're not likable. They're not interesting. There's really... They've got... They're, they're batting zeros. I mean, we'll give Bert a little bit because instead of being a doctor in this movie... He is a Vietnam War vet. He knows we, how to kill. We don't actually know what else Bert is because they just keep telling us that he was in Nam. All we know about Bert is he hates Vicky now and he was in Nam. And they keep saying it over and over and over and over again. Take a drink anytime someone references Vietnam. You, you'd probably have a hard time. You know what? Standing up would be a little bit of an experience. Yep. So, you know, it's the same thing as the original Children of the Corn. They're, they're arguing. Bert doesn't have his eyes on the road. That's another rule from the original Children of the Corn. Rule 37, keep your eyes on the road. And while they're arguing and threatening to div div divorce each other, do it. Divorce each other. Yeah. Uh, they hit a kid. I'd say both of them deserve better, but they kind of deserve each other. Kind of. Bert runs over a kid, and then they realize, hey, someone cut this kid's throat. He was dead, even if I didn't hit him. Someone's in the corn watching us. They find, like, a suitcase full of his stuff, which doesn't really go anywhere. No. And by the way, like, super rehash of the rules. Uh, look both ways before crossing the street, but he was already dead anyway. Cults are bad. Yes. Now, here's one interesting note. Uh, in the original Turn of the Corn, we gave out we, we gave out awards every episode. The Randy Meese Merit Badge and the Night of the Living Club Award. The two characters who won those awards in the original movie, which were a little kid named Job and an old man named Deal who ran the gas station, those two are not in this movie. So the one thing that will change, besides us talking about the second half of this movie, is we're going to have to find new people to give these awards to. Because <laughs> they're just not here. Yeah. They stop at a gas station and just the phones are, are cut and there's no one there. And they don't see the body that's in the in the garage. But And, and this would be a deal. Yes, uh, I would assume. Yeah, it, it's implied, but he's already dead and, and a skeleton. Yeah. He's a spooky skeleton. He's a skelly boy. By the way, rule number one, they're in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, and anytime you're at just creepy ghost town gas station where it says the price of gas is still 35 cents a gallon, you might not be in a horror movie, but, I mean, you're in some kind of predicament. Yep. The first rule describing a horror movie is you have to realize you're in one, and all of this is... A telltale sign you're in one. If you've taken a left in Nebraska, you're probably in a horror movie. Probably. 
<laughs> so they end up making it to Gatlin, Nebraska. Good old Gatlin. It's a ghost town. They find a calendar from 12 years prior. I think uh, like 1963. 63. Yeah. Vicky wants to leave. Vicky wants to follow rule number 11. And let's get out of here. Get out! And I do think that's a little bit of a difference from the first movie where they were both a little bit more adventurous or a little more curious about the state of the town. Whereas in this one, Vicky literally didn't shut up about wanting to leave. In Vicky's defense... She is 100% right. I hate Vicky. Yeah. But we have a little bit of a Franklin situation going on where she's right. Yep. Leave. I understand that you have the, the kid's body in your trunk, and we didn't even really talk about that. Because um, that was kind of the first one. Yeah, that was, that was the first one. And, you know, you stay in your car. Don't go in the field. Like, there's a lot of rules that they broke there yep. that we're just skimming over again. It's go listen literally to that podcast. all the Short of the Corn One podcast. Um, but Vicky does say, like, let's leave. Let's go. Let's get out. Go Vicky. That's, that, is, that is correct. I yeah. hate you, but you're right. So, by the way, this is the halfway point of the movie. We're halfway through the plot of the movie already. <laughs> we're, we're already halfway through. Yep. Vicky wants to go back to Grand Island, which is a real town, 70 miles back the other way. Bert wants to look for help in town here. Bert, are you stupid? There's obviously no help here. This place is completely run down. Compromise. How about you keep going to the next town? That way you don't have to backtrack. Yeah. Seems fair enough. I don't know. Compromise is good, people. Yeah. <laughs> they end up finding a church, and there's a sign, like a sermon, like a Bible verse, and then the date, the date from a couple of days ago. So someone has recently changed the sign. There's people here. Bert's like, I told you so. Vicky, fuck you. They, oh God, I hate them so much. Yeah, they're the worst. Vicky's like, I'm not going in the church. Good move. Fair. And Bert's like, I'm going to go in the church. And Vicky's like, all right, 10 minutes, and I'm going to drive off and leave you here. And Bert just takes the keys from her. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Which she didn't want him to take the keys. She she tried to fight back. Yeah. Good move on Bert's part. If you're going to go in this church, take the keys with you so she can't abandon you. <laughs> but yeah, again, just get the hell out of this town, you stupid idiots. And I do I want to ask you about this. So we have a rule. Don't split up, gang. Mm-hmm. Does that apply here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to stick together. One of you shouldn't be waiting in the car. Uh, that's rule number 19. Don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. Uh, you stick together. I don't know why Bert needs to go in this church. Because he's thick-headed and a moron. Yeah. Ugh, Bert is so dumb. Uh, just go. Get out. Yeah. Whatever. Bert ends up finding like a book inside um, that has the names and dates of all the kids. And then the date they walk into the corn to die, basically. Because um, what this cult is doing is when they turn 19, they have to walk into the corn and sacrifice themselves to the, the god, he who walks behind the rose. Sure. That's the cult. Same same thing. Same thing. Just a reminder. What's funny is Vicky starts honking her horn because she really wants to leave. And Bert just like slows down to spite her even more. And starts reading aloud to the group. Yep. There's no one in the church. He's There's just, no one there. He's just reading to Spider. So the, the leaders of the cult are Isaac and Malachi. Isaac is our spiritual leader, the preacher guy who can speak to he who walks behind the rose. And then Malachi's the muscle. He's yep. 18, and he's a killer. Yep. So they show up, and they are planning to sacrifice Bert and Vicky because he who walks behind the rose is upset that that kid from earlier in the movie got run over, was trying to leave the cult. And his blood was spilled in the cornfield. Yeah, you're not supposed to spill the blood in the cornfield. Whatever. They're just trying to kill Bert and Vicky. Classic cult stuff. Yep. And again, same movie so far. Yep. Um, like, motives are the same. Yep, it, it's pretty much exactly the same. So Vicky, she's concerned that somebody is watching them. She, she gets out of her car to, like, call out who's ever there. Lo and behold, here's the cultist, and she's completely surrounded. 
Yep. Vicky's dead. And, you know, don't leave your shelter, but there were no keys in the car. And she gets back in the car, locks the doors, rolls up the windows anyway. Yep. So the second Bert took the keys and they split up, she was dead. Yep. And that's, I mean, yeah, she could have gone with, but it's so stupid to go in that church. I don't fault her too much. Right. And that's where it's hard. It's, that's why I compare it to the Franklin situation where it's, do you go with when you know it's a bad idea, but at least you want to be together? Because Franklin kind of made the other choice. Yep. But we, we did condemn both Sally and Franklin for going. Like yep. We said it would have been much better for both of you to stay at the vehicle. But because Franklin was in a wheelchair, we did not give him any demerits for going with Sally. So I almost think that Vicky also made the right choice to not go in the sketchy church. Especially because she has a gun out in the car with yes. her. Yes. Yeah, she she had the loaded gun. Maybe there's a psycho killer out there. Who could have predicted a cult? <laughs> Who's going to predict a cult of two dozen children all armed to the tooth? Yep. So, yeah, she's surrounded. They start just beating up her car and, and totaling it, smashing the windows, puncturing the tires. They're coming to get her, so she takes out the gun and shoots and kills one of the kids. Lock and load, take the shot. <laughs> Rule number five, lock and load. Rule number 22, take the shot. At least you took one of them down with you, Vicky. I think she got two. Uh, maybe, maybe. It was a little hard to tell. Yeah. The editing was a little wonky at yeah, and, and there were a couple gunshots that were uh, from Bert's perspective in the church where yeah. he heard them. Uh, so we didn't get to see a lot of it, but we definitely saw at least one kid get a hole blown in him. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the last thing we see here is Malachi raising his blade to bring it down on Vicky. And I don't know if this kills her or not, but the next time we see her, she is dead. Yep. So they either killed her and dragged off her body or dragged her off alive and then killed her. Regardless, this is the end of Vicky. We won't miss her, but what did she do wrong? Besides splitting up gang, which again, that's more on Bert than her. Right. All her mistakes were made before the movie started. She married Bert. Yeah. And I don't want to put it all on him because she is also not a fun person. She's also not very smart. And her hysterics, I I do just in general want to call her personality a break of rule nine. Because every time she was talking to Bert, he was always mean. It was always meant to hurt, meant to harm. And you can tell that he's just numb to it. So he would just disregard everything she said, whether it was correct or whether it was crazy, he was numb to it. Yeah. So maybe if she had been a little bit nicer, and I'm not talking just in this movie, but a nicer person and hadn't made her husband completely numb to everything that she said because she's mean, maybe he would have been more inclined to be like, hey, if this is really making you that uncomfortable, we can go to the next town. Yeah. But that's not rule break she made in the movie. This is a relationship structural issue that they had coming in. Be careful what you say, how you say it. Be careful what you say and how you say it. Yeah. Uh, There's a reason he slowed down in the church when she was honking the horn for help. And I guess what we could say for both of them is rule number four, don't be a menace. Don't be a menace, yeah. You know, treat her partner with respect. That goes both ways, and you two both fucking suck. Yeah. I'm not sorry to see Vicky go. Uh, not too much wrong for her in terms of surviving a horror movie. It's more just her relationship issues that really led to her death. Yeah. And a cult. And a cult. Good riddance, though. <laughs> uh, so Bert comes outside, and he sees the wreck of the car. Vicky's gone. and Malachi does the old cool guy, walks away from explosion as he yep. blows the car up. They blow the car up. So Bert's cornered. They're all closing down on him. He tries to go down an alley. There's more cultists there. But Bert's a Marine. It doesn't give a shit. So he just like starts beating up a couple of kids and ends up killing two of them. He killed one. 
He, he, he killed one and then broke the arm of the other. We saw him in the church later. Oh, okay. He yeah. did live? Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he popped the, the bone out of the arm, which, yeah. by the way, they, they showed. I was actually surprised. I'm like, whoa, that was an effect? Hi. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, good on Bert. Just killing kids. One of them came at him with a knife. The other one with a, a sledgehammer or something, something like that. They all had, like, scythes and sickles and whatnot. Yeah. So Isaac, he calls on the powers of he who walks behind the rose. And throws a knife at Bert, which hits him in the shoulder from across the street. Yeah, this is from on top of a building across the street. This looked like a Star Wars laser blaster. Yeah. I mean, physics did not apply. No one on Earth could make this hit, but Isaac did because corn magic bullshit. Yes, because corn, he's our cob talker. Yes. Bert, you're in a supernatural horror movie. Yeah, so you were in a horror movie, and now you're in a supernatural horror movie. I'd leave. Yeah. And Bert just pulls the knife out of his shoulder and breaks it in half. He's like, what you got? And he basically says, where is your God now? Yeah. Like, it's one step shy of that. He's like, I'm going to kill all of you. You're a bunch of kids. <laughs> he, he does okay with that threat. He takes down a bunch of them. Yeah, the problem was his motive was never to kill all the kids. I wonder if that had been his goal. Like, get into the corn and then try and take them out one by yeah, one. Yeah, Rambo style. Yeah, Rambo style. You know, guerrilla warfare. <sighs> Dude, did you just fall ass backwards into a better movie? I didn't fall ass backwards. I knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing. I came into this podcast saying that, because I, I was waiting for that to happen. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I need to be patient. We're almost, we're, we're almost there. We're, we're two thirds of the way through the movie now. Because <laughs> uh, Bert just runs away and goes straight into a cornfield. Sure, fine. So two dozen kids. We'll say 22 of them now because one's got a busted up arm and the other one's got a knife in his neck. So good job. You know, your KDR is pretty good. But you don't know the town. You don't really have a weapon. You could have picked up a sledgehammer or a knife. Yep. Um, when so, he stabbed one of those kids, he left the knife in the kid's throat. Yeah. Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. Firmly grasp it. There's no reason to do that. And there are a bunch of homicidal kids, and you just threatened to kill them all. It'd be a lot easier if you had something sharp. Granted, he is going to kill a kid later with his bare hands, which is awesome. Yeah. Does he need it? No. Would it help? Yes. I mean, it would certainly be more efficient, especially if they're coming at you in groups of two or three. Yes. Like, I mean, even if the kids are only about knee-high to a grasshopper, like, fighting a hundred duck-sized horses, I still don't <laughs> think you can win. <laughs> yeah, so Bert, his goal is to, like, run away. And I, I think you're right. If he just, like, while he's hiding in the corn, he's just, like, running and hiding. And if he had been more focused on just picking people off one by one... We're going to made it out of this movie. Right, because the whole thing is you can't be in the corn at night. Now, he wouldn't have known this, nope. but I also don't think that it would have necessarily taken four or five hours for him to complete this very bloody and awful task. No, if they're all in the same general area and you have a knife on you, boom, 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 boom. You might have a little trouble with, like, a Malachi or so. Right. But uh, but even so, a trained Marine versus an 18-year-old kid who has no formal training, Yeah, that's not a fight. Uh, Bert wins. It's not a fight. And even Bert's injury isn't that bad. And then he, he does at several points, like uh, when he's got a, a, a slow moment, he does tend to his wound and like wraps and stuff like that. Yeah, so proper wound management. Yeah. That's rule 44. Uh, 46. 46. Also from Children of the Corn. Uh, also five. from Children of the Corn. Five. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. Just a flesh wound. So rule 46, proper wound management. So he's got that going for him, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, again, you know, he was a Marine in Vietnam. And again, reminded us of that all the time. Yeah, this reminds me of when I was in Nam. Um, that's like all he says. And because I know that that could come across as disrespectful, that we're kind of like 
taking a dump on that a little bit or, or not really, you know, we're not speaking sensitively about the topic. I'm not saying that a defining character trait can't be a war vet who has PTSD. When I say that is all he did. It's, and it's just said, sloppy. It's sloppy writing. I feel like they did more disrespect than we are. Mm-hmm. That's all he does. I mean, there's nothing else to his character. He's a dick, and he all his dialogue is about how he yeah, is not. Yeah, he's a prick. He hates his wife. He's mean to his wife. He, he, he hits, hits his, his wife, wife. Uh, and he's a Vietnam War vet. That is his character. That is it. Yep. You know, Bert sucks, and it's not because he was in the military. It's for every other reason. Yeah, it's everything else. So Isaac and Malachi are talking, and Isaac's like, yo... Malachi, you killed Jacob in the in the core and got blood everywhere. Uh, he walks behind the rose is pissed. And I probably wouldn't talk about the scene, but the kid who plays Isaac is so bad at acting. Just, ugh. No, the kid is like seven. Yeah. He's not gonna be, you can't always have a... a Haley Joel Osment. I was gonna say Haley Joel Osment or, um, I can't think of her name in the Halloween movies, Jamie. Daniel Harris, yeah. Daniel Harris in uh, Halloween 4 and 5. Yep. Because, again... Very good. Yep. This is the best you could do? Really? And and he had the most speaking lines in the whole movie. So many monologues. Oh my God. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Look how good our kid can memorize lines. Yep. It was like watching a like a an elementary school play. Mm. Like he he memorized the lines, but he said them horribly. Yeah. So at this point, Malachi leads all the kids into the corn because they, they're afraid of going into the corn. But yep. Malachi is brave enough to lead them all in to hunt down Bert. And while they're looking around, um, there's a, we meet another kid who's like four. His name's uh, Nahon. Nah- yeah, yeah, Nah Nahon Nahun. Yeah, something. And he tells Malachi that he had a vision of he who walks behind the rose, and Malachi's like, "Oh, you're gonna be the next prophet when Isaac dies. That's pretty cool." Uh, and then Bert proceeds to brutally murder Nahon. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Why was this in the movie? I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to symbolize something of a, a severance in the power of he who walks behind the roads from the kids because we're going to see some doubt sewn into them at the end of the movie. I'm not going to dig any further into it than that because I don't want to give him that credit. Yeah, me either. So we see Bert take down a few kids. Like, he, he stabs one in the throat. He neck snaps another one. Yep. Okay, so two more kid deaths. Good job, by the way. Nice. And, you know, fight dirty, because if you're an adult fighting a kid, that's fighting dirty. I like it. Yeah, uh, that is. Rule 20, fight dirty. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, if you need to beat up kids to survive a horror movie, you beat up kids and you kill those kids. <laughs> yeah, if you have to snap the neck of the four-year-old who's coming at you with a machete, I guess you gotta do that. <laughs> Um, and that that is my favorite moment in the movie where he snaps that kid's neck. That's so funny because <laughs> it's just so absurd. And this is the scene that we were talking about earlier. He is in the corn for just shy of a half an hour. Yeah, it is unreal how long Bert is in this corn. Ryan said, "I remember watching this movie the first time, and I'm pretty sure this scene takes forever, and they're going to be in the corn forever." And I'm like, "Oh, whatever, Ryan. You always exaggerate." And then, like 15 minutes later, I just kept saying that he, he's still in the corn. I think I undersold it. You you did somehow. You did undersell it. He's going to. I think the tw- uh, 85 percent of the rest of the movie takes place in the corn. It was higher than that. Oh, absolutely it was, because all we did was take a very short break to go watch a betting ceremony in the creepy church, which we don't even need to get into that, because it has no bearing on the story. Yeah. Nightfall comes down. Basically, the whole cult needs to leave the corn, because it, it's it's he who walks the, behind the rose's place at night. So they all leave the, the corn at night, even though they're going to go back later, so that doesn't make any sense. And there's no payoff, because they all walk back into the corn, but then whatever. Yeah, they go eat. 
And then they have a, uh, a, a fertilization ceremony where they all watch two of the teens get it on. Why is this in the movie? I guess it's just to show some more of the mythos of the cult. And I like guess. How they do things, but for the story of Bert and Vicky, it matters 0%. Correct. So, don't know why it's here, but to pad the runtime. Exactly what it is. <laughs> we gotta get to 90 minutes somehow. Oh, and by the way, the whole time Bert's in this cornfield, he's having, like, Vietnam flashbacks. We're seeing, like, American soldiers and Vietnam soldiers running around shooting at each other. Which, again, just goes... It just lends more credibility to us saying that this is literally his whole character. If this would have been the one time that this happened, I would have understood it more. But because I was kind of already irritated with hearing about it, I was just laughing. So Bert starts following the stars to get out of here, you know? Sure. Cool. I mean... Uh, I said this on pretty much every Children of the Corn podcast to this point, but do you know how to get out of a cornfield now, Ryan? You pick a row and you walk. You're going to get somewhere. Now, magic corn, the rows do shift, the rows do change. We've seen it in other movies where you can't even like get your car out from the drainage ditches. So after the sun went down in this Children of the Corn timeline, Bert was not getting out of the field. Bert's dead and he doesn't know it yet. Yes. So he ends up getting attacked by the corn, and which kind of like herds him into this clearing in the middle of the field. Yeah, very Harry Potter 4 with uh, Cedric Diggory getting attacked by the vines. We've already made that joke on the podcast, yes. so we don't need to do it again. And he ends up finding Vicky's body. She's like a scarecrow now. Yep. Corn coming out of her eyes. And eventually he who walks behind the rose attacks and kills him. Yep, that's a strike of lightning or dark energy or something. It, it, well, we, don't, we have no idea. Doesn't matter. Bert's dead. Bert's dead. Bert. You split up. You wouldn't leave town. You had the opportunity to get out. You didn't take it. Didn't keep your eyes on the road. Yep. You didn't focus on taking out the cultists uh, as much. You just were hiding too much. You're just a dumb idiot. Bert just sucked. Yeah. All he did was take out a couple of kids. He didn't have a lot of options, and he made most of the wrong choices. Yeah. Very poor showing for Bert, and does a disservice to the original Bert. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Give me OG Bert any day. Every day. Next day, Isaac is like, hey, he who walks behind the rose is pissed. And apparently, originally when the cult started, it was when you turned 20 was when you had to walk into the corn. And then there was an incident where a police officer known as the Blue Man showed up and the kids couldn't kill him for whatever reason. So he who walked behind the rose had to step in and kill a Blue Man for them. So the age got dropped down to 19. He had to step in again because the cult failed to kill Bert. So now anyone who uh, was 18 has to go uh, sacrifice themselves to he who walks behind the rose, including Malachi. Rip. Well, do better. Yeah. Uh, be, be a better cult. Yes. <laughs> be more efficient at killing. It's almost like children don't know what they're doing. Almost, yeah. And so Malachi has got his girlfriend who's pregnant, and her name's Ruth. And so that night when they all, all the 18-year-olds are going out to sacrifice themselves to he who walks behind the rose, R- Ruth is very upset. And she's like, man, I wish he who walks behind the rose doesn't exist. And Malachi's like, hey, don't blaspheme. <laughs> um, but then she has a vision of herself setting fire to the corn. And Ruth is actually the main character of Trim of the Corn 10. So this actually does pay off. Huh, okay. Um, so uh, that's something. Sure. So we'll see Ruth again, different actress, but... Same character. Same character. Yeah, this sounds a lot like the original cult member who came back in Children of the Corn 2 and had the daughter, or the son. I, uh, I don't that was know. six. That was six, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was, that was that's, six. That's it was Children of the Corn 6. six. Yeah. Uh, forgive us for getting them confused. Yeah. They flow together sometimes. Two is the Hallmark movie. Six is the one with the pro tag who broke every rule. Yes. 
Um, so I mean, Bert's drawing dead, but not quite that bad. Uh, so yeah, that's true. So Malachi and the eighteen-year-olds all walk into the corn and get sacrificed. Cults are bad, everybody. Cults are bad. And that is the end of Tone of the Corn remake. So fun fact: I don't have any new rules for this movie. No, there were more rules to consider in the original movie. The original movie was a lot better. Their characters were a lot better. Honestly, Children of the Corn 2009, just skip it and watch the first one again. Yeah. There's nothing here. There's there's nothing to see here, folks. This is literally Gatlin, Nebraska. Just keep driving. Literally, the original is better in literally every way. Yes. No rules, so let's get into the awards, which is actually interesting because, again, Job and the old man are not in this movie, so we have to give new people these awards. Yeah. The Randy Meeks merit badge goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. Um, this is, of course, based off Randy from Scream, and I think Randy would be disappointed in everybody in this movie. Yeah, this movie was bad. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Uh, Derek, who do we give this award to? All right, there are literally only two people who could possibly receive this award. Okay. Vicky and Isaac. That's literally it. Now, That's what I was thinking, too. Vicky, I think, is more of the conventional winner because she was on the the hero side, like the good side. She's not in the cult. She's the outsider who, who stumbled into a horror movie. Her death was not her fault. She even tried to keep the keys from Bert, but Bert, again, Marine, overpowered. O- overpowered, literally, and took the keys. So the moment that she died wasn't her fault. Not going in the church was, we agree, the right move. She kept saying, let's get out of town, and it was... Uh, him driving, and again, who didn't want to leave, who wouldn't let her do that. So all of her wrong moves were just kind of against her will. We do have to say, rule nine, careful what you say and how you say it, but that's not really a rule that she broke in the movie. That's a rule that she's been breaking every day of her fictitious life leading up to this moment. Yes. Isaac is the more interesting pick because he was following the rules. He was following, is that rule 44? Is it follow the rules? That is 45. Okay, so rule 45, follow the rules. He who walks behind the rose has a certain creed that he adheres to, and Isaac followed those rules, and he does not die, and his cult survives to live another day, unlike the Isaac in the original movie. Yep. So, for whatever it's worth, he at least survives the movie, so I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, because the original Isaac, because he leads them astray, the the cult ends up sacrificing him instead, and he walks behind the rose, kills him, even though he comes back in the sixth movie, I don't know, whatever. Um, Isaac's return, or revenge, I don't remember. Yeah, so the only reason I hesitate to uh, give it to Isaac is because he really doesn't do much. He doesn't. Uh, He's just kind of there. Right. So I'd rather give it to Vicky, because... She at least blows a kid away with a shotgun. That's fair. And I'm comfortable with that. And everyone, this is where nobody showed up to the bake-off. So you have to give it to the burnt pie. We've had Night of the Living Plebs who are better than Vicky. Yes. Yes, we have. So this is, you know, Vicky is the winner of the Random Spirit Badge. And she can take that home with her and put it on her mantle. But she shouldn't be proud of it. Because it was not a good win. It's like, what else do we do? There's no other characters in this movie. No. Uh, so Night of the Living Club goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules, and this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. And this is, uh, Bert. Yeah, it's Bert. I mean, dishonorable mention to literally every kid in the cult. Yes. Malachi in particular, who suicide by corn husk at the end, which is a real bummer for him. But he's been in this since he was six years old. But he's been in the cult since he's six years old. That kind of indoctrination can't really be overcome overnight. 
Bert literally has no excuses to be as incompetent as he is. He kills a couple of kids. Congratulations. He he. But he gets them in this horror movie situation and has plenty of time to get them out, and he doesn't do it. And in, for the first time in Gatlin, Nebraska, they were not kept in Gatlin by anything other than Bert's idiocy. We did not see any magic at work. No. Nope. And it's giving the movie way too much credit to say that there was some corn pollen in the air or something that was like clouding Bert's judgment. That's n- no, no, absolutely not. Bert just sucks. Bert just sucks. So Bert is the night of the living pleb and he's not so living anymore, which is good for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, we're done with this shit. Hmm. So you going to come back for Children of the Corn 9 Genesis? You've told me how bad it is, but I have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. You're 80% of the way done. I, I'm I'm almost there. I could quit now and get a B- minus on this assignment. Yeah, Children of the Corn 9, as far as I can remember, it's the worst one. Oh, no. Yeah. Because this movie... Okay, it might be worse, but is it boring? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, probably more boring, even. Oh, no. Yeah, no, this movie sucks. The one weird thing, I think it takes place in California and not Nebraska. Sure, there's something. But yeah, no, Children of the Corn 9 sucks, but you're coming back for it. It'll be fun. It won't be. If it takes place in California, that might be more fun. At least the weather will be nice. I guess. So yeah, look forward to that. We're not going to spin the Wheel of Spooks today because originally we were going to do Leprechaun Back to the Hood this mm-hmm. episode, but Jordan Ryan was not able to join us, so we're going to try and do that next time. Leprechaun 6 Back to the Hood should be next, COVID and whatnot permitting. Yes. So that'll, that'll be a lot more fun. Oh, every, almost anything beats this. <laughs> so, Derek, you want to give out any social media? Yeah, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at DK underscore ATS. I don't do the TikTok. I don't do the Instagram. That's it. I just tweet about my feelings. A lot of it is about politics as we move into election season. But I promise when that's over, I will be done with that. But I have feelings. So, but that's it. I just have a lot of feelings. (laughs) You didn't even go here. (laughs) Can't we just watch Mean Girls instead? I'd rather watch Mean Girls a million times than than watch this shit again. (laughs) You want to go to Taco Bell? (laughs) (laughs) Always. You can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. You can give us a like at five stars on your podcast listener of choice. So uh, we can uh, spread the word of the Children of the Corn to other people. Oh, boy. (laughs) And if you uh, leave us any uh, nice reviews, we will read them on the podcast. Derek, do you got anything else? No, let's move on. Let's let's get through this next one, number nine, which you say is so bad. And then let, let's just oh, let's put a bow on this series soon, man. Let's wrap it up. It's a rough series. Uh, but thanks for being here tonight. Yeah. Yep. I, I couldn't do, couldn't have done this without you because I think I would have just like cried myself. Yep. Oh, to sleep instead of doing a podcast about it. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, and now more than ever, stay safe out there. Uh, uh, uh.